This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to A Real Man Wood Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. And as usual, I am talking with my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on? Oh, not much, Liz. Uh, doing a earlier this week. Um, I think you have some visitors coming. I know Lisbon's getting popular. Could talk a little March Madness. I don't have a ton to talk about, but you said you do, so I'm curious uh, what's on your mind. Uh, how, how how you doing, and how's your bracket looking? Uh, I don't know about my bracket. I mean, everyone's bracket's fine unless you went with some crazy, like, uh, off-the-wall stuff, so, like, anybody sure. can win it. I think it's just going to depend who gets the right Final Four, basically. So I think everybody's pretty much still alive. I don't really care about that, though. Who cares? I mean, it's like it's March Madness. Like, come yeah, on, fair. you know. That's fair. That's fair. If, I, I, if I win the million-dollar Yahoo one, I'll be psyched. But otherwise, I don't really care. I Finish- do a lot of bad basketball myself, and then had to go, and then went to my my brother's uh, wife turned sixty, so I went to a birthday party on Sunday and missed the Duke game, which is the one redeemable game of the entire tournament. Is it's like the one that I missed. So I'm a little bit annoyed about that as well. So so carry on. So I finished up all my drafts, including my home league draft Sunday night, and I'm all set. A couple of players I missed out on that I regret. Uh, I'm annoyed that Nick Senzel sprained his ankle in the minors. Yeah, I have yeah. three shares of him. That's extremely annoying to me. But the biggest thing was in my NFBC main, I mean, I flew across from Europe to New York. I mean, I don't think – I'm not going to say I wouldn't go just for tout. I probably would because it's a good thing and it's – you know, I'd see family and stuff in New York anyway. But – you know, the main draw of me flying across the country is for the NFBC main. And for a minute there, I thought I'd lost my first pick, Jose Ramirez, for I don't know how long. Now, he's not necessarily out of the woods yet, but man, I mean, that's the thing. You know, the injuries, you think baseball is like a, a nutless monkey sport, right? Like anybody could just play baseball and not get hurt, except maybe a pitcher. And I these guys get hurt until, all the time. Until Nomar Garciaperra tore his groin running out of the batter's box. But for the most part, yeah, you would think. Yeah, not just the flying across the country or across the world, um, but $1,700 entry fee is nothing to, you know, it's nothing to sniff at. My, as my wife's reminding me, I'm doing the main event tonight, right? Right after we do this, this pod, my own online. So, yeah, that would be extremely annoying, like unbelievably. And, yeah, that, that, that's, that would have really sucked. So, Happy for you that, that you're already dead money before it starts as is. So you don't need that as a built-in excuse already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to find out for myself. So just full disclosure, we get um, – I mean I don't pay the entry fee. Rotowire pays it in advertising. It's real money. I mean we – you know, obviously it would be – we talk about the NFPC nonstop on the show. And I'm sure that's more than worth it for those guys. But it's also more than worth it for me to play. So sure. it's a win-win. But it's not like it's not as though it's coming out of my pocket. Although I did the auction one, and that did come out of my pocket. I split it with Schuler, just like you and I split the uh, the super contest out of pocket. Yep. I mean, I'm sure I could probably like if I really wanted, I could get Rotowire to pay for the super contest, but then I'd have to cut them in when we inevitably win it. <laughs> um, so I just do it. But 
I don't, I'm, I'm about transparency on this pod. I don't want people to, I'll tell people what I paid for, what was a, you know, work-related comp or advertising barter. Um, I don't think that should be secret. You know, I'll there's a lot of people happily, shelling out. I'll happily reveal no one's paying for my entry. So, yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about you. Plus, no one wants to invest in that. Yeah, I have to give a, I have to give, uh, if I were to win the whole thing, I'd have to give half of it to Rotowire because, you know, it's essentially the company is paying for the entry with advertising. Right. So, Speaking of these entries, uh, props to you for get, you know paying your half on the League of Leagues. Actually, you haven't yet, but you claim you will. Because you know I did most of the draft that myself, and I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll take responsibility for this because I think actually we are going to dominate some uh, two of the three sports. But you know, you you said you you wanted your half, so uh, so I, I no, I mean I don't that. I don't think it's a good investment. I, lo- I saw the job you did. I don't think it's a good investment, but I just had a principle. You know, we've been in it together. I basically just put, you know, I know Jonah, or at least I knew him. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while better than you probably so like when i when he was starting this like i was like yeah i'm in and i'll partner with dalton you guys knew each other a little bit and then i basically just ditched you and like made you do everything and then just first i was like a consultant and then i just was like who's on our team oh yeah you know like it's like i'm like no don't really do anything but the least i can do is at least you know waste money on your terrible entry and split it with you yeah, no, I, I tried to actually, you know, act like you were doing me a favor, or I was doing you a favor, but I, I was would have gladly taken that uh, the money myself because I, I do like the strategy to win two of the three. Um, but uh, but yeah, okay. So the entries and and, and Jose Ramirez. What what do we make of him in that aforementioned main event tonight? I have the seventh pick. Uh, you know, I might have a real decision regarding him. Well, I took him an eight when he was fully healthy, thinking, wow, I didn't expect to get him. In retrospect, I wish I took Degrom or Sale. Uh, I just at the time was before Sale signed the contract, so I was a little nervous about his health, and I was kind of set to take Degrom, who was there, but then you know a bunch of guys, like Aaron Judge went fifth, so I was like, oh wow, Jose Ramirez is available, and it kind of caught me off guard. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to just take this windfall. Now, I'd probably put him to like 12th or 13th right now, just because he's probably fine. He took some ground balls yesterday, so he can't be that bad, but. I don't know, just any little thing. Like, why mess with it? There's so many good players. I just don't see like a real reason to to gamble when there's so many good options there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get him, even though I'm obviously going hitter myself. So, um, I, I don't. I agree with you. It's round two. I, I would I would nab him, no question, though. But oh, um, he's never going to round two. Yeah, he'll he'll that, be gone at like eleven or something. Right, no doubt. That looked devastating though at the time. I carted off. I mean, man, what percent? I mean, you thought I know carted totally. Done. Yeah, that's crazy. Real man, that's, that's, real man doesn't get carted off. No, if, no. If a real man gets carted off, his career's over. If if a real man gets carted off, that's it. There's no more. Right? You're right. That should, means he's lost should, at least a leg. At least bump, lost a leg. We should bump him down for two reasons: not just the current injury, but also the the fact how he reacted to that injury as well. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. If you're gonna be taking ground balls the next day, shake it off. Finish the at bat yeah. at least. Yeah. Hit a home run. I would hit a home run on the next at bat. First off, I charged the mound with the bat in my hand, finished off the pitcher that threw a pitch that I that induced me to foul it off myself because obviously it's the pitcher's fault, and then finished the pitcher off with the bat, and then <laughs> remain at bat and hit a home run off the next pitcher they brought in. No doubt. So, all right. So Jose Ramirez catastrophe avoided. What else? Hopefully, I mean, let's not. You know, I mean, he's still like day to day. So that was bad. Senzel was annoying, but whatever. Yeah, I, well, I uh, in the league. So a couple other things. So you and I in the first Chris List league, you were in that league, 
And I took Luis Severino with the, in the third round, and obviously he's out a month at least. But I tripled down on that. I have three or four shares of him now. Like I kept getting more Severino in like the ninth and tenth. So far, so good. Because every, every update's been positive. Yeah, I, I mean, I to me it was like, all right, fine. You know, I'm the kind of guy that if I get an injury, I just want to like just be more in that boat because I'm already stuck in that boat anyway. So I may as well try to get a windfall out of it. You know, so it's like I'm rooting for this thing to happen anyway. So I don't want to avoid him and then have other people profit when he comes back, getting him way cheaper than I did. I'd rather get some bargains with it. So I got a few Severino shares. The other thing that happened in that league that you and I are in together is Chris Paddock was available because we drafted in February. Nobody really knew that he was going to be in the rotation. And I put I bid 339 on him. And I was like, you know, it's a 12-team, so there'll be a lot of pitchers coming up. It's not like the 15 where Paddock would be worth like half your budget because it's so rare to get like a guy with upside. But I thought, you know, 339 is pretty aggressive, but that probably get him. And if someone wants to go crazy, waste money, fine. But I totally forgot. I mean, I, I literally just, I'm in a bunch of leagues. I forgot that A, you were in the league, and B, that you did that extreme hitter strategy where you're going to need to get like all the paddocks that ever come up. And had I thought about that, I probably would have got another 50 and got him. But I just totally forgot. And then I saw like 350 to you, only 11 bucks more than what I bid. I was like, oh, of course. Of course he went 350 because, I mean, you're an NLM. You should have gone 450. But of course you went 350 because you need to get the guy. Yeah, I've heard you tell this story on XM, and I think you didn't even tell the fact that I, I bid 350 on him. I mean, that's kind of crucial that I, I love the fact that to barely win, you know, without the what's the other thing called? Victory? I should have bid a dollar. I should have bid a dollar so you felt bad. So you were way that, over. Yeah, well, I, it only says the runner-up was three thirty-nine. I had no clue who that was until you said that on, on the show. But it's me. Not only, yeah, it's not, me. yeah, not only did I need uh, pitching with my strategy, but I lost Michael Fulmer already for the season. Tommy John. So that's, yeah, I went that's addition by subtraction. Uh, um, yeah, the bat absolutely loved him. Just absolutely out of control. It might might have been wrong, but but whatever. I, I had um, I had him at three hundred. And then changed him on my phone where I was out at that um, at that birth- birthday party up to 350 while I was there. I'm like, you know what? I should go higher. Uh, part of my strategy, I mean, I need to add a lot of pitchers with this. But you're right. I mean, I would have been upset if I if that wasn't uh, it was too nutless monkey. But it turned out being perfect. I, I have not checked out other leagues. I'm curious what his price was. I've heard some onlys. He was in the 50s. That makes sense or whatever. But uh, yeah, I was happy to get my boy Paddock. I have a ton of shares of him. Of uh, 350, which was just 11 more than you. So I, I love that. That was uh, there will not be a more gratifying fab pickup all, all year, probably just regardless of how he performs. Yeah, it's, it looks. It says Chris Paddock bid 339, drop Mike Soroka, add player already on Team Del Don. So mine was 339. I was the second guy. I'd be really curious to see who the third guy is. I thought they used to list all the bids, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I need to go. I haven't, I haven't looked, but um, yeah. But if I were to ha- do in my portfolio, which I'm going to ask you next about, you want to talk about Paddock would probably be my number one guy. So who knows? A lot of hype, and he hasn't even you know done anything yet. But it makes sense for them, right, to not waste any bullets with the with the service time with pitchers. I guess the Padres are probably going to start with him. I like that Matt Strom quite a bit, and maybe they're they're rumored to be trade uh, traded for Kluber or whatnot. I I, I mean Dave Cameron, the Fangraphs guy, has that team. They signed Machado. I see them in some spots listed 100 to one. And I'm, I'm going to lay a bet on that, man. I mean, what do you think? At the, at the teams that you want the long shots, you know, I, I think I've talked about the Reds on here. I, I bet that's the one team I bet on earlier. I hope hoping they'd sign Keuchel or um, Real Muto. None of that happened. All they've done since then is just get hurt with Jeanette and Real Muto. But I like the Twins quite a bit with their setup in that division. 
but it's really ultimately tough to come out of the AL. But what do you think about the Padres? Kind of a you know more open NL. They won't be hundred to one anymore. You can't get them out for hundred to one. I have a guy in Las Vegas who lives there. I'm, I'm searching lines for me. So what do you think? I, I until to win Thursday. Yeah, hundred to one to win the Padres. World Series. Yeah, yeah. I'm considering. Yeah, I'm going to lay a few few hundred bucks on that. Right. I mean, what do you think? Do it, man. Do it. No, no. You were okay. trying to lay right, money so, on the Colts, and then you got mad at me when I told you not no. to do it. So you, you you have a seal of approval on that one. Yeah, you like that? I mean, a lot of upside those. I mean, a hundred's enough. A hundred's enough. No, that's what I was thinking. But uh, I think. So yeah. All right, that's what I was thinking. So um, anyway, Paddock's my portfolio. Talk talk about yours. Yeah, I don't I don't have any Paddock. It wasn't like a guy I needed to get. It was just you know he's an upside guy in a good spot. So why not put some money yeah. on it? Plus, you, you don't need as much money in the 12 as you do the 15 because just for a couple bucks, you can always get a starter if you have an injury. Whereas in the 15, like it, it's really hard to fill your lineup. And so you might need to spend 30 or 40 bucks on a starter. And so it's the 12, you can really spend a lot of your money and have 50 or 100 bucks left in June and be fine. You know, you don't need to save the money as much. So I should have probably gone a little bigger. I definitely would have if I even thought you were in the league. I totally. I, you're so not a threat that I, I just didn't even think that you were even a factor. So I, I would have, if I thought about it, I would have so, uh, definitely so done that. Radar. So up your radar. So I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about my drafts and we'll see. I mean, a lot of times I feel fine about them in March and then in May, I'm so pissed. Everything's going badly. I try to get, uh, I picked up in that league, uh, Jung Ho Gung for one Oh three. The yeah, second highest bid was, was 11. Uh, I don't know. I'm why. surprised I the second highest bid was only 11. It's like, that guy is that guy can hit I and mean, he's always been good. Just keep him away from a, a vehicle after he's had a few drinks. I got Zach Eflin, I got Trevor Cahill. So I and I picked up Wilmer Flores for eleven. So I you know, I'm I like that team. I, I, I like all my teams. I, I feel like I, like, I did I like a decent job this. Is it Kung? Kang? What is it? List? Gung. 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 Okay, Gung. He's I really he, I, he can really hit, and I would have absolutely bid on him, but I just you know I went crazy with my hitters, and there's injuries haven't haven't struck yet. Really surprised that other people didn't bid bid more on him. I, I liked that ad for sure. Yeah, I bid a lot on Ryan McMahon too, but he went for 144, so I wasn't mm. even close. Weird. Interesting. He's, bad, he's battling for a job where Gung has been flat out named you know the starter. So weird. Right. I mean, one of them is in Colorado, and, and right, McMahon course, switched right. up his swing. He's had a monster sprint too. So who else do you have so, in your portfolio? Do you have um what other guys do you do you have the most of this year? Willin Willens? So a who? Uh, the catcher, Willens. Oh, Astadio. No, I only have yeah. one share of him. Oh, I, I have four shares of two players, Miguel Cabrera and Tyler O'Neill. And I actually have five shares of Miguel Cabrera because I drafted my home league Sunday night after I did this thing. So I have five shares of Cabrera. Of course, you have Cabrera, and, and I think total sense. And I have four shares of Severino, four shares of Sonny Gray, four shares of Orlando Garcia. This is in seven leagues, and like the the NL guys, you know, I, one of my seven leagues is AL Tout, and one of my leagues is a keeper league. So think about that. So I really, some of the leagues, I only had five leagues that the guys were even available in. Some of these NL kept guys, right. so like Sonny Gray. I think I have been four out of the five leagues I could have possibly had him in. Yeah, what you. I guess another tough ballpark, obviously, switching back. But the velocity was there last year. Certainly, uh, it could have gotten its head last year in New York. So I was talking about this with Jeff today. Did you listen to today's radio show? Uh, most of it, yeah. So I just think like Sonny Gray versus Kyle Hendricks versus all these 
all these mid-level guys, once you get into like the eighth round or ninth round to like the 20th round, guys like Hinjin, Ryu, and like the 13th, and Michael Waka, and just all these random guys, Michael Pineda, and uh, even Kevin Gossman, all these dudes, Julio Urias probably won't get the innings, but all these random pitchers are the same once you get out of the ace tier, in my opinion. I mean, I'd obviously I'd rather have Jack Flaherty or Jamison Tyon than Kevin Gossman, but not by that much. Like I think it's like obviously the edge would go to those guys, but it's like 70-30 that they have a better year. <laughs> like I don't think it's that crazy. And that's why I just took none of those guys. I have no Clevenger, Tyon, Granky, Herman Marquez. I have no Flaherty, although I kind of like Flaherty, but not really, not enough to draft him in the third or fourth round where he's going. So I just skipped out on that tier altogether. Yeah, um, I do like Flaherty and Barrios to go nuts, but um, who knows in general. I, I no Barrios, another guy faded. Yeah, I'm picking that in my predictions, but I'm not actively drafting them because I'm avoiding all those sorts. So what I'm doing is just avoiding that tier as well list, but also the tier above that, the, the first tier, and I'm just going to get 12 of those, that group, you know, the later group. You should really, you should get Sale or, or DeGrom with your first pick and then do what you're going to do for like 12 rounds. Yeah, no, we talked about it and I, I really strongly considered it. And last week I was leaning that way, but uh, I'm not, I'm just going to go all in with my, with my strategy. Dude, you're just wasting your money. You're wasting your money. You're not going to win this way. You're not going to win. Light it on fire, huh? Shit, might as well just light it on fire. You're just not going to win. You just, I mean, Pitching at the bottom is random, so you can get some breakouts. But it's, but it, it's very rare that a guy goes from you know fifteenth round to second round, and you need at least two of those guys. Yeah, probably. It's just yeah. not going to happen. But if you have one sale as an anchor, then if you just get one of your pitchers breaks out, and then you stream well and you're hitting crushes, then you're then you'll make it. What do you think, Sale? And, I don't uh, care. Do what you want. I mean, it's one less team to worry about in the main event. Right. It's, you might be right. What It is crazy what these pitchers are going for right now. I mean, Schechter took in a, in a diamond league, a lot of money. He took Scherzer number one overall, right? I can't fault him. I mean, look, the reality is pitching and hitting gets the same amount of points. There's the same amount of – there's five pitching categories and five hitting categories. And people would say, well, you know, starting pitchers, they only do four categories. They don't get saves. But Nolan Arenado doesn't get stolen bases. It's but like, not, but not, only goes, is, not only is one ninth more than one fourteenth of the positions, but also you've got to figure two of those are relievers. So one seventh of your right. starts. So they're contributing so much more of the innings pitched versus an at bat. It's, it's, it's far more impact. Right. If you do the math, yeah, one out of seven, say, for four categories. So you're, it's like, you know, seven divided by, I mean, uh, four sevenths, you know, four categories and divided by seven pitchers and then you've got five categories even if you get like a trout and let's just make the two catchers into one guy make it 13 instead of 14 you know it's it's five divided by 13 well four sevenths is bigger than five thirteenths it's much bigger four sevenths is more yep. than a half five thirteenths is even close to a half it's you know if you just look at it that way they have, they have a bigger portion but that is why the pitchers are more impactful on your standings and then when you add to the fact that there's a huge reliability drop off from the top pitchers to the next tier, then really it's unreliable except in one particular tier. And they have such a big portion of your overall stats. To me, that's just a, you know, it's just all the only, the only negative would be health. But when we say they're more reliable, I think that includes health. 
So really, I think we're incrementally pushing toward, I was talking about this with Jeff, but we're incrementally pushing toward a 50-50 split almost or a 58-42 split or something like that with hitting pitching because I think it, w- it was really crazy to go, <clears throat> say, 50-50 or 60-40, 55-45 if everybody's going 70-30 in favor of hitting. You'd have a massive pitching advantage, but everybody else, the guy who's got the second best pitching would have way better hitting than you. That's the problem. The market is the market. And this happened to me. I was talking to Jeff about this and friends and family about seven years ago. I wanted to take Lincecum with the first, I had the sixth overall pick and I wanted to take Lincecum. And my other choice was Braun. But in that, you know, in that uh, time, people weren't taking pitchers to like the third round. So I knew the second best pitcher wasn't that much worse than Lincecum. I, I think I was, I had it as Sabathia, but he was going to like the third round. So if I took Braun, I could get Sabathia in the third, and that's fine. If I took Lincecum, I'd, you know, I'd substitute in for Sabathia a third-round hitter who was much worse than Braun. So the opportunity cost of taking the pitcher was huge. It meant I was passing on an elite hitter, whereas if I took the hitter, I still got an elite pitcher. So there's, you really couldn't just say, oh, you know, the pitching's more valuable. I'm going to go pitching. Even if it actually was more valuable, you couldn't act on it because the market was saying, well, yeah, you can pay up for pitching, but everyone else is getting pitching dirt cheap. So they might not get as good a pitcher as you, but they're going to get someone who's 95% as good for much less money. So you can't take that pitcher. But now I think because it's actually true that the pitching accumulates more stats and matters more in your standings, the NFBC guys are incrementally moving the market up to the point where it's getting to be, you know, almost 60-40. Yeah, I'm not saying it worked every time or whatever, but um, back then, another way of putting it is I was zigging while others were zagging the other way that I am now, and you could come away with, say, four of the top seven starters on your own team if you drafted them, you know, for the first five rounds because of what you're saying. While others were still getting bargains or whatever, you could literally come away with yeah, four of the top six or seven guys on the board I mean, if you just went yeah, starter after problem- starter. The problem with that, though, is somebody was going to have the second best pitching. Yeah. And he was going to have way better hitting than you. Yeah, that's right. That was it's the just, problem. Right. That, that's why is somebody got not nearly as good a pitching as you did, but the best of the rest and at a huge discount to what you were paying. Yeah. Well, and still, and so had a lot more too. rounds so, of drafting left over hitters. And that's the problem with me right now is someone's going to have the second best hitting and way better yes. pitching than me. I mean, that's right. That's that's right. Yeah. That's why that's why I don't think you want to zig while other people zag because it's a market, right? So it's like it doesn't help me to be like, oh, pitchers are cheap. I'm going to get a ton of pitchers for all my money. That's a great investment. It doesn't work like that because it's like, well, okay, well, you just spent your top picks on pitchers, but I mean now they're not cheap. But you know, in the past, it would be like, but we got them so cheaply. You know, it, it's – it doesn't. It's not like a regular market. People are like, oh, it's supply and demand. It's you know, it doesn't work like that. It, it's it's a very specific game where you're ranked compared to your peers. It doesn't matter if you win by sixty in a category or by two. You get the same amount of points. You need cat. You know, every single category. You can't just say, oh, I'll just not take these three categories and dominate these others by so much. Uh, you can't do it. There's no trade league. It's an overall contest. It's not like some kind of market where you can just say, oh, I'll get the best values because people are undervaluing this commodity. If people are undervaluing a certain commodity by enough, then you should undervalue it too. Think about closers. Imagine if the closer run, let's say you were like, all right, I don't want to take the first closer. I'll take like the fifth. You're picking in the middle of the draft, so you think you can get away with that. 
So you're like, round five, no closers went. Round six, no closers went. Round seven, no closers went. Now, if in round seven you're like, all right, I'm just going to take Edwin Diaz because it's round seven, that would be smart. But if you did that and then nobody took the closer to round 12, you'd be kind of screwed. It would end up being a bad pick. Now, that would almost never happen because, you know, unless there was collusion or something. But the market matters, right? Edwin Diaz is a great value in round five, in round seven. But that's not true anymore if nobody else, if Blake Trinan is going around 15. That's true, but you could frame that in any way. I mean, you could frame that with a catcher. I mean, the same would be true if you drafted, you know, Sanchez in round seven. In, in some way, right. If they, if Grandal went around 20, then you'd probably rather have Grandal in round 20. Now, that's not going to happen, but it illustrates the point, right? It's not that, oh, this, there's better not take a closer for us that this could happen. No, it's not going to happen, but it illustrates the point that. The market matters. We can't just like say, okay, well, I want to get the best pick for the round based on what he's going to give me at the end of the year. You know, if I understand, if if Scherzer is going to be the most valuable player more than Trout to my standings, then I want Scherzer over Trout. Well, that would only be true if the replacement for Scherzer was also very expensive, which actually is the case now. You know, so you could actually justify it now. And so we we have to we we cannot ignore the market. It's just it's the sort of the we have to take into account like what what the going rate for people is. And I wonder how how intense tonight's uh, tomorrow's last night's uh, main event drafts are going to be with the starters. I mean, all three might be even off the board at pick seven. For who knows? Where where do you draw the line then? Is your quote unquote ace 12, 12 starters? Yeah, I mean, I think Carrasco is where I draw the line. He's the last one, and I'm a little sketch on Kluber, but I I guess you have to put him in that tier. But it would be you know the big three: Sale, Degrom, and Scherzer. And then Verlander, Cole, Nola. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Bauer, Syndergaard, Carrasco, Kluber, and am I forgetting somebody? I don't know. I wasn't paying close yeah, attention. It doesn't to matter. Name. I'm making a list on the on the on the radio, so it's impossible. But right. point is, it ends there, and then. Bueller is kind of on the. I'm kind of on the fence. I don't think he's thrown enough innings for me, and he had this like arm thing early in spring, which makes me a little nervous. But if I were going to bump somebody up, it would be Bueller. I, I think the guy is just oh, ridiculous, yeah. and he's in a great spot. So he makes he's sort of on the he's sort of on the edge of it. I take those other guys ahead of him, but if, if you look at it, like it sounds kind of crazy because I'm always the guy that's like, who cares what they did last year? It's just skills. 2019, just buy the skills, and if the skills play, then uh, you'll get those stats. That's all you need to worry about. But with with hitters, I totally believe that. Like I don't care that Ronald Acuna has only done it one year. I don't care that Soto's only done it 
you know, two thirds of a year. Same with Acuna, actually. I don't care about that at all. But I don't even care about Eloy Jimenez, you know, never playing in the majors. That guy crushed the minors. I think he's gonna he's gonna crush it right away. But with pitchers, I think the skill isn't just how hard they throw or their whip or ERA. It's also like after a full season and then a few months off, can you come back and do it again? Can your arm take it again? And I think that's a skill that you the only way to know that is is to see it happen. And so that's why like I almost never bump up the Jamison Tyons or the Mike Clevengers or the you know Herman Marquez when well, Herman Marquez has his own problems, but that you just don't bump them up because oh yeah, this, this guy was good for a year. Makes sense. Um, who do you who do you think I should target at um, seven? You might be right about the uh, if I'm going to do this strategy, I should grab one pitcher. But I've gone you the other to. way. I've gone extreme with all my other drafts, and I've um, I've considered it here. And I don't know. I think it might be weak to to be cowardly come main event and just not go all in like I have. But just just forget that but aside. And you can a real man just doesn't take a pitcher until round twenty two. Yeah. Well, I've, and then just fills out the minimum. Okay, that's it. And then just chooses all middle relievers. And no. hopes to win a whip and saves and just win the individual league. Yeah, I think you need to actually. There is a there is a thousand innings uh, limit minimum. I mean, in, in you can get to a thousand. Yeah, you can stream your way to a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, but, I, know, I don't but, think but, I, I don't think no. you can win the overall unless you get a pitcher with it. I think I would take Sale or Degrom. You may not get him, but you probably will get one of them and, and then i've heard you talk t- a little i've heard you talk a little bit of what i was getting at is uh kind of like i feel like arenado is so super safe i get that third base isn't really like needed it's deep but um you kind of would go, that deep, uh, third base. you'd go you'd, yeah i guess yeah it, it, i guess considered even middle infields deeper so i guess that's fair but um i feel like outfield is one that's uh not as deep as, as people think but um what what, what do you, you take an outfielder over you take uh you take martinez what about acuna versus arenado I think Acuna or Martinez ahead of Arenado. Martinez is yeah, just yeah. better Arenado. He just hits for a higher average, a little bit more power, and even stole six bags last year. Like, why would you take Arenado over Martinez? You know, I, I have I have both of them retired. The more I think about Acuna, I could uh, kind of kind of hoping for him. But what what about Trey Turner? What what about him versus Arenado? I wouldn't I wouldn't take him there. You wouldn't. All right. Okay. Because here's the thing. If he steals like 70 bases, that's great. But it's such a surplus that you won't need. You're going to pencil him in for 40 and still have to draft some more steals. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you're not even in an NFBC. You can't trade him. So you're not going to get the benefit of the 70 that much. You're going to, because you can't draft as if he's going to steal 70. You can only draft as though he's going to steal 40. So you can't get like, even if he goes crazy on the steals, which I don't really think he will, but he could. Then the problem with him is the batting average, right? Like he hit 270 last year. If he hit 300, no problem taking him in the first round. And he hit 342 in that cup of coffee, not cup of coffee, but half a year in 2017 or the end of 2016. But if he's just like a 275 hitter, you're not getting any average. You're not getting enough power. It's not, I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I won't take him first. No, that's a problem. Round. That's a problem here. I don't really want him, and I don't want to hurt Ramirez there, and I don't really want Yelich. And I want a bat, so I need these pitchers right. to go. I need these pitchers to go. If somehow Martinez, Acuna, and Arenado uh, are all gone at seven, that's gonna—I'm not gonna be. I don't scared. like Arenado. Arenado, Arenado's like a 290 hitter without any speed. So you're not getting—you're getting a little bit average, but you're not getting like a, an anchor for average, like Martinez or Betts or Trout or you know one of their Yelich. You're getting 
you're just getting like Ronald Acuna type average and you're not getting the steals. I might take you. I know you don't like him, so you won't approve it, but I, I would maybe in that scenario, take like Aaron judge over Yelich is what I might, nah, what I might do. Don't do that. I don't, I don't get it with judge. I, I see. I, I mean, I get it a little bit, but I don't get like moving him to like the top 10 picks. Would you take, would you take like Altuve or story? Is that a better, that's a better question. Who would you take? I like story. I like story a lot, but again, just like uh, Arenado, that, I mean, he's even, I mean, he had 291 average last year, but you know, he could easily hit 265. So I, I really want batting average in the first round if I can. So I, I love Jose Ramirez with 30, 30, 300. And I love, uh, and, and I really like, um, JD Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, and I would do, I'll go Acuna cause he could hit 300, right? I mean, he, he may be better this year and he gets you speed also to make up for it. And who knows how much power he has, you know, the bat speed he has. And then I, I think like if you got screwed and you really didn't want to take a pitcher, which I definitely would in your shoes, I might hold my nose and take Yelich. It's not my type of yeah. pick, but average. He's yeah. batting average, some speed. You're going to get average and speed and he's going to be hitting third in a good lineup and the runs should be there. So Ribby should be there. So, I mean, it's a, it's a real floor pick. I mean, Arenado's a floor pick, but, it's a floor pick, but it doesn't really set you up for the draft. You're still deficient. Yeah. Whereas Yelich kind of sets you up with some balance. But I, I honestly would, I mean, I think DeGrom or Sale is just, the value is just ridiculous. And, they'll probably and why, fly I mean, off the board, though. They probably will fly off the board. I think, I think they'll be there. I oh, you do? You, will be there at seven. Oh, you do think one. Yeah. Well, because Trout bets will go, and then you, and if they don't, then <laughs> you'll heavily take Trout there. So Trout bets, three starters, right? I mean... Oh yeah, one of those. Yeah, if you think all three, and that's what I was saying. I think the starters are going to fly off the board. Is what I was saying. The starting pitchers, I think, they'll fly off the board, but it'll be like Scherzer four, Scherzer three, Degrom five, and sale last. Sale, sale, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll call me a nutless monkey. If if you really think about it, you just got to do it. You got to take sale. And the thing is, if you're not taking any other pitchers, you're going to be able to build. You'll have room for like the Buxtons or the Malik Smiths or whatever for speed later. Malik. I say Mal- oh, Malik, yeah. <laughs> Malik Smith. You know who got me? Th- uh, your your guy uh, Bernie uh, has me th- definitely was uh, encouraged about Sale. Well, yeah. Well, he he saw that Sale looked good, and also, I mean, the, look, we vet these guys. We look over them. We worry about their velocity. We obsess about all this shit. But like, the Red Sox just gave him 150 million dollars. He's a 30 year old pitcher. Don't you think they did their due diligence more than we did? I mean. If there's any issues, they would not give him that money. Yeah, he's ridiculous too when he's healthy. I mean, it's crazy. He's like the favorite to like lead the MLB in, in whip, and he pitches in the AL East. It's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, why don't you just take Sale? It makes so much sense. You know, you know. Okay, I'm sticking to my Round strategy, two. and I'm going to dominate the, the hitters, and I'm going to go all in nah. on these hitters, and I'm going to I have my sleepy sleeper pitchers. In the mid rounds, and I'm gonna don't worry about it. You'll, you'll, all right, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Yeah, probably miserably fail either way. So, uh, might as well. I'm sticking to my guns for this, this try. Sticking to my my guns. Yeah. What else? What else? Uh, What else, Liz? So, it's funny. So, Pete Shanky just landed in Lisbon. He just uh, emailed me, and he's he, the first thing he emails me, he said, So, we made it. We're eating dinner at this place, Mercado de Ribeira. And it's like the timeout market. And he writes, hopefully that's not too touristy. 
And it's literally the no, like the most touristy place I've ever been, maybe in the world, but definitely in Lisbon. Uh, it's not that it's not bad. It's probably it was actually they liked it, him and his kids. But it's like a, you could go. It's like one of those giant food courts with Portuguese food. You get any kind right. of food you want. What did, but, did you uh, tell him? That, did you tell him that? Yeah, I said it's it's literally the most touristy place here. But apparently they liked it. So I'm gonna be. Yeah, he's coming by visiting? tomorrow. How many people have visited since you've lived there recently? It's crazy how many people have gone there. Is it because of you? It must be you, not the city. Yeah, no, I, I don't think – I mean I think that Lisbon's become trendy. People who are thinking of making a Europe trip see it come up. It's reasonably priced. It's one of the closer places in Europe you could go. It's warm. So if you go in you know, late March, it's not, it's not like London where it's likely to be raining or something. It's sunny and nice. So I guess that's why people are going. It's become a trendy uh, destination. But yeah, a lot of people have been here. Trevor Ray was here. Pete's here. Your guy, Klobacha, was here from Yahoo. Yep. Um, I don't think people are really visiting me. I think they're just going, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then they know I'm here, so they get the lay of the land from me. Yeah, I was kind of joking there, but you took that serious. Isn't like, uh, isn't Dre coming too? I'm such an egomaniac that I actually took that seriously that I might. I'm well aware. I, I, yes, I caught that. You did take that serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, no, Andre's coming. Andre's coming in a couple weeks also. So okay. that's a lot of, a lot of different people. Sounds like a, yeah, I know it sounds like a good attraction. Um, I don't got much else for you. I went and uh, checked out the movie Us over the weekend. Wife and I caught matinee Friday. It was uh, not really my genre, the, a horror film, but man, Jordan Peele knows what he's doing. An entertaining movie. I don't really think, not something I'd recommend to you, Liz, but I don't know if you watch Get Out. But um, just, just going to a movie, I've been making the jokes first time i've been to a theater since ferris bueller people don't realize i'm obviously joking don't get out there as much with kids but the seats these days i don't know last time you've been but they're like totally reclined and you can fall asleep and just they obviously serve beer and wine every movie theater now and it was just obviously overpriced but uh it was a a nice a fun it wasn't overpacked at the time we went but anyway us was a can you can you smoke weed in the movie theater um i'm sure you can um it's legal in california maybe frowned upon but uh I don't, I don't know. It's probably easier these days than in the past, but California, sure. Uh, I'll let you know. Right, if I, I, know. I didn't see any. I didn't see any of that 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 matinee, but I don't know. Um, also, my, uh, my guy, Mark, Mark Garagos, I, I talk about him, the celebrity lawyer. I, I, I brag because he follows me on Twitter. He's had quite the, uh, quite the week. First, uh, there's news, the Colin Kaepernick settlement. is. Someone's reported that it was less than $10 million. He obviously represented him. But he's claimed that's total bullshit. But um, now he's actually implicated as the co-conspirator with Michael Avenatti in this uh, Nike extortion case. Not charged, but CNN's already dropped him, which is wild. I don't know if you followed that. And if that wasn't enough, Jesse Smollett, uh, the Empire guy, all 16 charges were dropped there too, another client of him. So that, that was pretty craziness uh, going on there. And then I guess, obviously, uh, I'd have to ask you about the Mueller report and uh, all the ramifications from that. So first off, I mean, Michael Avenetti or whatever the hell's name is, that, that guy was like a media star. Like they were putting that guy on CNN and all the time. He was like a regular commentator. Some people are suggesting he would run for president. I mean, that's so embarrassing. Uh, yes, that guy's yes. just a con artist representing – not that you know porn stars obviously deserve represent, representation like anyone else. But he was just such a, a con artist and then he got busted for trying to by, extort Nike. Not that, the way, sh- not that Nike's like a good guy, but like what it just – I mean, it just look at the character, the charlatans that were on based on this whole Mueller report. And the guy you got to follow is Glenn Greenwald. Do you follow Greenwald? 
I, I do. First of all, Stormy Daniels is distancing herself from him, which is funny. She's like right. totally separate. Herself, but I do. Right. And I read the entire thread that you, 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 you post, I think you retweeted or whatever. I read his thread on, on Twitter. Great Greenwald's. Okay. But, but did you, did you, have you just followed his timeline? That was like one tenth of what he's right. been up yes, to. I picked up on days. that. I picked up on that. He's been congratulating. Yes. He, Cause I guess he's, he's been in on all, basically he's been saying this all along. Okay, he's just gone on the slam dunk tour. You know, it's like Shaq dunking on a high school team. I mean, that that's basically what it's been. Right. And the reason he's been like that, I mean, not only because obviously there how how much malfeasance there was in like MSNBC and CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times and all these just disingenuous breathless Mueller, oh, Mueller's going to put Trump in jail. He's going to be impeached any day now. This is a bombshell. The walls are closing in. All this crap like it was so ridiculous and kept people like completely either in fear or hopeful that something would happen because they hate Trump. And it was just a huge lie. And part of the reason why he's been so insane about it, I don't I mean, I think it's sane his response is that MSNBC and CNN blackballed him. Like they would just refuse to let him on the air, present a different point of view. He ended up going on Fox instead, is the only uh, network that would let him on to to uh, address his reporting on things. And they smeared him as a, as a Russian agent. Like they were like, you, you're on Putin's payroll, obviously, cause you're defending Trump and Greenwald does not like Trump, basically a uh, leftist. And he's probably left of Bernie Sanders and despises Trump, but he had the integrity to say, this is a witch hunt. This is a ridiculous thing. He, he didn't say that it was definitely a witch hunt. He just said that there's been no evidence. They've never offered actually concrete evidence that, Trump colluded with Russia to win the election. And until they do, he's going to be very skeptical when it's just, you know, the national security state, the CIA, the FBI, people like Comey, people like John Brennan making those allegations, which of course, those are the same, you know, Brennan's the same guy who lied uh, to Congress about WMD. I mean, these are the, these are trained liars who don't care about the horrendous consequences of their lies. And of course you're going to be skeptical unless they show some really good evidence. And so he was always very skeptical. He said, it's possible but I haven't seen any evidence and I've learned not to believe these kinds of people. And for just saying that, he wasn't saying Trump's a good guy. He wasn't saying it's definitely the case that there's no collusion. He just said, I haven't seen evidence of it. And so I'm not going to believe it until I do. They caught, they were just like, you're on Putin's payroll. You're a Russian plant. You're, I mean, think about that. You're being smeared. Your reputation is being destroyed. They're trying to completely destroy you. And then it turns out you're totally right. And they were just totally full of crap. And these $10 million a year Rachel Maddow types were completely lying to their audience and misleading them without any evidence. And then the day that it happens, instead of being like, wow, we got this so wrong. We are so sorry. Let's bring in Greenwald. He was correct. Where did we go wrong? You tell, you know, instead of like taking responsibility, they're like, but what if, you know, the truth is in the report and, and Mueller's not saying anything, you know, these crazy like secondary conspiracies, like, you know, it, these conspiracy theories within conspiracy theories. And he's just totally slam dunking it. He's just like, this is a, such a farce and so embarrassing. And I hope, and I'm glad he's doing it. And I, I really hope nobody pays attention to those cable news personalities. They basically hired the CIA and FBI to become pundits and analysts, which is just, I mean, that's, you're just basically hiring disinformation officials from the government to go on and do the state TV thing that, that they want you to do. And I mean, of course, I never listened to cable news in the last 10 years anyway, but I truly hope you know, a significant chunk of the country is just completely broken with that. And then all like the Democratic officials that were the Adam Schiff's, 
you know, that were running around saying they have him and we, we've seen good evidence and all this stuff. It was just, it was all just a huge lie. I like that Matt Taibbi or whatever you say his last name article too. taking that Taibbi, yeah. Taibbi taking the media to task. That was good too. Yeah. He wrote a really good article on it too. I mean, it's really, the depth of it is, is crazy. And, and people are, a lot of people are pissed and a lot of people are um, in just deep denial and they just can't, there's, they're just assuming like, Oh no, 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 this is another conspiracy. Maybe, maybe uh, Mueller was on the Russian payroll too. Every Russia controls us all. So scary. I think Russia controls this podcast. What about last week too? The guy I brought up the Pete to still going to mess, mess up his last name. I was having already enough this podcast, but he blew booty up gig or right booty, after, booty right gig after or whatever. Asked, booty yeah, gig. Right after I asked you about him, he just blew up all over the news or, or maybe he was doing it right before and I was just asleep or whatever, but it's pretty funny. He, he, he's been blowing up since a, a week ago, just in the past week. Have you seen a lot, a lot more publicity about him? I've seen some things. I mean, I'm skeptical of all these dudes. I'm just, I've really soured on the ability of these kinds of people, people who want to run for president to be the real deal. He's definitely smart. He definitely is a legit candidate. He says the right things. He's, he's cool. He, he gets it. He, he definitely knows how to speak. But ever since Obama, I'm just like so jaded. Like Obama knew how to speak to the issues. When he was running, he knew the right things to say. The point where you're like, I trust this guy. This guy's for real. I hope, I really hope this guy, I mean, I volunteered for Obama. I donated money to him. I thought that guy was like the real thing and what a fraud he turned out to be. And so it's kind of like, I don't care almost like how articulate these guys are, or how smooth they are. I need somebody who's going to break up the monopolies. You know, they're committed to breaking up Amazon, Facebook, they, all these companies cheat. We've talked about that before and, you know, stop with the, the printing of the money and, have, let let the economy have a recession if it needs to have one, although the one that we'll get is going to be such a tidal wave because we've been putting it off for so long and printing more and more money. But this is making inequality worse. When inequality gets bad, the, the, the economy gets worse, and it's just life gets more miserable for everybody. You, know, you don't want to see abject poverty, people not able to afford things. Like this, It's not good for society. So I don't know. I, you know. I'm, I would probably I'd probably vote for him if he got the nomination, but the more I see what's going on, the more I think Trump is probably going to win. Especially, the media just handed Trump a huge win because now, mm-hmm. yeah. let's say Trump does some other really bad stuff, which he's going to do, who's going to trust the media to report on it, like what their conclusion is about it? Totally. No, I agree with your take. I think he is the favorite. Um, but that's why we need you to sift through all the bullshit lists and, uh, you know, tell us, tell us. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. If you can't, then whom? Well, I mean, I'll take a look at the dude. He's a little too smooth for me. I, I just he's a little too smooth. Uh, there's something not men in general, too, not just him specific. I, I think, him, you, know, you know, in, in general, I, I want somebody who's going to be. You know, he seems a little too centrist for me. You know, he seems a little too. Um, I think I think you need someone like Tulsi Gabbard. I, I want someone to shut down like <laughs> the, the, the like as much of the military industrial complex, the whole the, the the whole massive influence that these special interests have between the military and the military contractors and the banks and some of these foreign governments like Saudi Arabia, and like I just think they need to just. Comp- we have to just do things that are good for us citizens. You know, I hear some of it from some of them and I I want, you know, even Bernie was in on that Russia BS, just kind of embarrassing. 
And I also think if Bernie did get the nomination, the DNC would just go so hard after him to kill him so that Trump would win. Because they Bernie's yeah. their worst Bernie or Tulsi Gabbard's their worst nightmare. Because they would they would shut down their client. You know, we talked about this last week. They would they would really uh, be disruptive to their clients and they're not gonna let that happen. So they'll sabotage. So Pete Buttigieg might be able to thread the needle or whatever his name is. I'm probably getting his name totally wrong. He might be able to thread the needle where he's progressive enough but not seen as dangerous enough or he's smart enough to right. navigate it and, and beat Trump. I think he might be able to thread the needle. But uh, you think age I don't matters know. at this point or no? No, I, yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's younger and obviously healthy, and that's an edge over Bernie for sure. And, and like Elizabeth Warren, I think it's an edge for him. Well, yeah, I mean, he'd be I by just, far the youngest, though, right? I mean, not even close. Right? I just I mean, don't want another Obama. I don't want another Obama, like a guy who's like the pleasant face of the U.S., who has horrible policies. And then everybody's like, oh, how lucky we are to have this guy. We're so lucky. He's such a good right. guy. Right. And even if he's a good guy in his personal life or privately, like Obama seems like he was a good guy privately for all we know. He wasn't like a scumbag like Clinton or Trump. He, he just has horrible policies and just gives it away to the banks. And, you know, so I, I think that I'm very wary of that, no matter how polished a guy looks. Makes sense. <clears throat> All right, man. Uh, off of me. I got to get ready for this uh, to dominate this main event. All right, man. Well, good luck. I, I, I think if you don't take a picture, you're sunk. You can prove me wrong. Real man proves me wrong, but a real man takes a picture in the first round. Yeah, I'm dead money anyway. But uh, thanks, man. Good times. All right, man. And uh, talk to you later, Liz. There's something else I was going to tell you, but I forgot about it. There's something else I had to tell you about, but I. I can't remember. All right, we'll, we'll, some, we'll table we'll, it for next time. Yeah, leave some meat in the bone for next week. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. All right, man. Good Later. luck. Later. Later. Later.